I got crossed up by a 13-year-old playing basketball the other day, so I Oh, no. Oh, we're recording. What's going on, world? Welcome to episode 20, Value of the Sun, Sunday Scaries. We are officially into the 20s now in terms of episodes. It's been a, a long year and a lot has changed, but here we are. It is episode 20. I'm excited to have you. I'm your host, Sean Nicola, as always, coming to you from Phoenix, Arizona, baby, Value of the Sun. Before we dive into who uh, the guest is today and what the guest topic is about, I do want to get back to kind of sharing the books that I'm reading, the stuff that I'm studying right now. Uh, right now, I'm reading The Culture Code uh, by Daniel Coyle uh, about how to build successful cultures and the few things that it takes to get there. Uh, I'll definitely be doing a video and a blog post to talk about that in the future. But if you are looking for recommendations on reading some books, this is like my 10th or 15th book. I'm losing count right now of the year. Uh, and every one of them, I found something pretty darn um, impactful, something that I've been using in my everyday life. So The Culture Code is the new uh, book I'm reading right now. I'll probably put a link below just so you can kind of see what I'm talking about. And uh, if you don't like to read, uh, use Blinkist. Uh, I've talked about that in a previous podcast as well. Uh, seems like something that's pretty easy for everybody to use. 15 minutes, you get the whole book, you get the gist of it, and you get rolling. So today's guest is Eric Olanowski. Uh, Eric is the lead journalist for the U.S. Olympic wrestling team. Got my team USA tank top on. I'm representing the U.S. Olympic wrestling team in my own way, which is just wearing a tank top out here in the sun. So I, I've not wrestled since eighth grade, and uh, it's the hardest sport on the planet. Uh, we talk a lot about uh, the Olympics and wrestling as a sport and what's happening with the current state of the world. But more importantly, I chose Eric to come on the show because he's the definition of matching your passion and being able to run after it and build a career out of it. So for those of you that don't know Eric, he was a very successful wrestler in high school and wrestled for Michigan State University as well on a collegiate level. And over the last seven-ish years, he's gone from being a construction worker to you know building a career around Olympic wrestling and being able to match his passion. So uh, I'll let him talk about uh, how we went from point A to point B. Uh, very excited to have him on, and I'll turn it over to Eric. All right, welcome to episode 20 of Value of the Sun Sunday Scaries. I have Eric Olanowski on the show, uh, who is a journalist for Olympic uh, wrestling, but he's probably more well-known for the Kendall Brooklyn and Eric Crew show. Uh, I'm going to turn it over to Eric, kind of talk about his life after college, and uh, we'll go from there. Kick it off to you. Going, so uh, things started for me. I graduated in 2012 from Michigan State. I was wrestling. So I had the interesting thing is I had my kids uh, while I was still in college. I had twin girls. So I was kind of forced to find extra jobs just to make ends meet because I was wrestling. I was still going to school. So full-time athlete, full-time dad, full-time student. And then I had to find uh, ways of bringing in some extra income. So at night I was working construction to try and make ends meet. I started to pick up uh, broadcasting. I started to pick up some extra gig, gigs broadcasting and then it just continued to trickle down or trickle up, I guess, where, however you want to look at it. And it turned into me transitioning to a full-time position as a journalist with Olympic wrestling, traveling the world and doing what I love. So is, is that your full-time job? When I was with the company I was previously working for, Jackson National Life Insurance, I had, uh, I want to say like 26 days off. Oh, okay. And those 26 days that I had, I was using all towards wrestling. I was, everything I was doing was geared towards wrestling. And my wife finally said to me, if you're taking all these vacations, 
or if your your vacation days are going towards wrestling, why don't you just jump full head of steam? What it boiled down to is I covered the 2016 Rio Olympic Games and to go back, to go from achieving one goal and one dream to go back to testing software was just, <laughs> it, it wasn't That's brutal. That's so brutal. It was brutal. Yeah. I spent two weeks in Rio for the Olympics. And so in 2012, I wrote down four things in my wallet because I wanted it to be visible to me every single day. And that was take over the city, take over the state, take over the country, take over the world. And that wasn't some Genghis Khan type shit mm-hmm. that where I just wanted yeah. to just take over the world. But it was me reminding myself that the goals I have, I'm never going to achieve if I look at it as only getting to the Olympics. So what I wanted to do was I wanted to be the best journalist I could in East Lansing because I was living there. Then I wanted to be the best journalist I could in Michigan. Then I wanted to be the best journalist I could in America and then try and get to that big stage. So it was me in 2012 watching the Olympics. I wrote that one day I will be at the Olympics, but I knew I had to take it small steps. So once, you know, from 2012 to 2014, I worked every single day to get to the Olympic Games. And then I get there, and then two weeks later, I have to go back to testing software. Back to reality. And it was just <laughs> back to reality. So it was just uh, – I, I knew I still had a lot of work to do, so I didn't want to just con- quit everything there. Mm-hmm. But back to your question, yes, I am working full-time now, and I have been since late 2017. Okay. So you were, I felt like you were a little surprised that I asked you to come on uh, when I, when I hit you up via text. But the reason that I wanted to have you on is because something that I have been doing a lot of research on and kind of figured out early on is like the best chance you have to like have like fulfillment and happiness long-term and whatever career you choose is to match your passion with your work. Obviously you were not passionate about testing you know, software. Right. But I do know, um, from being around you for a long time now that you were a wrestler for man, 20 something years. Like how many, how many years do you think you were an actual wrestler? If you had to uh, put a number on it, probably 15, right 15, around there. 15 years. Right. So high school, you wrestled at Michigan state. Um, according to people on my Facebook, you were good at it. So that that's good to know. Um, uh, but it's not, very common that someone gets to take the thing that they've been passionate about for 15 ish years and then make a career out of it. And so the reason I wanted to have you on is because that is such a rare thing, but it's what I wish everybody in the world could do. You know, if, if money was never a thing, I would love everyone to kind of pick and choose. You've got to do the best of both worlds. Like now your full-time role um, that supports you and your family, right. Is, is to specifically be focused on wrestling. So did you ever have like, early on, like let's say late high school and college, like, did you ever think that like this would be your long-term career would be around wrestling or what did you think you'd be doing growing up? No, to be honest, I didn't because, and the way I look at it is I have the most highly coveted position in all of wrestling. I'm at the highest level you can go. If you want to compare it to the NFL, it would be the, it would be being the NFL's go-to guy. I look Mm. at that as uh, what they have trusted me to do is lead the way and spread the word for wrestling. And there's not a lot of positions full-time, especially in wrestling. A lot of people do stuff here and there, but they, you have to find ways to make ends meet. And that was a big thing for me is coming in. I, I did have to take a pay cut initially just to prove myself. Right. And that's what a lot of people don't 
they can't get past is they're making all this money and they're getting bonuses and they're getting raises every year and they're unhappy. But they got, they got money, but they're unhappy. They have money. <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing is that I had to, we had to sit down and it, I had to make sacrifices. It had to be little sacrifices here and there to make, to try and get as close to what I was making at my previous job to what I was making now. But yeah, I, I never thought it would be, ever thought it would be possible. Okay. So I'm assuming that your role is a, there's not a ton of people that do what you do, right? Like there's, you know, across the country, across the world, like on that stage, there's not a ton of people, right? So how do you go from point A, which is I'm in construction work, okay, to point B, which is I'm now the journal lead journalist for Olympic wrestling. I'm on the biggest stage in the world. Like, how do you go from point A to point B? And what tips do you have for people that are, you know, trying to go after something very similar in their lives? Do you really want it? Ask yourself. Because most people say, and, and I'm still learning how many years into this job because I said I wanted it, but I didn't know that I would have to be away from my family two weeks at a time. I didn't know that my wife would have to step up and take my kids to practices. I didn't know that I would be missing dance recitals. So there's going to be an element of sacrifice that you have to be willing to knock down. I mean, you have to be willing to sacrifice the thing that other people wouldn't be willing to sacrifice. So I, not only do I write my goals every week, but I write my sacrifices because most people are willing to write what they want but most people aren't willing to write what they're willing to give up for it. So for example, like I just mentioned, I mean, I missed a dance recital for the world championships. So when I'm at the world championships, I bring my sacrifices. And when I'm ready to cover that tournament, I know that it is going to be everything I have. And because I look at those sacrifices and I read everything mm. that I gave to that. So I write my goals every Monday just to figure out what I want to achieve and I make them easily attainable, not easily attainable, but I'm not going to say I want to go to the moon when I'm 30. Like it's, I, right. I know that. Like, so it's little steps. Like I mentioned before, um, making sure that I'm the best at every level that I can. You have to also make sure that you're willing to be truly happy for other people succeeding in what you believe that you should be achieving. I had a goal to call the NCAA championships, the finals. There's maybe 14 seats at the head table. And I didn't get there my first year. Wow. I don't know if I didn't do enough. I didn't know what I had to do. But when I saw other people sitting at the table, I learned early in my career that jealousy is, it's a dangerous thing. So I don't get jealous when I see people achieving what I want to achieve. I, I, I try, I find a true happiness for them. Hmm. Because getting away from that jealousy is key. When you're trying to achieve something that most people want or most people think they deserve, those little things are what, what's going to set you apart. Because I could act, I could be jealous. And then if we're talking and you are where I want to be and it comes off the wrong way, I mean, one bad burn bridge can, it could come to bite you in the ass not now but it could eventually so try and find a true happiness if that makes sense so when did you like when did you learn that it's just a naturally competitive thing that if someone has what you want and in your mind you're like what makes them different than me like how did you learn that because that's a valuable skill to have and, and it makes your life a lot better like if you're not always constantly feeling that way so how did you like learn that it came with me trying to stop proving myself to everybody else 
and start trying to prove myself to myself. And it, I guess it really goes back to my junior year of high school. I was, I was a two-time state runner-up, and I knew that I was the best person in the country and that there's only one person that was truly going to beat me, and that was myself. So I had to look in the mirror and realize that this person stopping me is the person who could take mm. me the farthest, furthest mm. in life. And once I got past that, I think I went maybe 40, 50 and 0, didn't lose another match, went on to be ranked number one in the country. And it took me to where I am now um, just because I was able to get recruited by Michigan State. But I won the Broadcaster of the Year Award in 2015. And I realized that I'm doing it for the right reasons. And nobody else can take away from how hard I work, uh, what I sacrifice. And yeah, it it would be when I stopped trying to prove myself to other people and started to prove myself to myself. Okay. And then the other thing I wanted to kind of dig in on too, I've never heard the concept of writing down your sacrifices. Everyone talks about writing down their goals. Did you pick that up or did you just do that yourself? Because that's like a really, really good thing to think about. Like, what am I giving up to achieve my goals? How'd you learn that? My wife, she sets goals a lot um, while she was working out. She had all these, you know, I want to lose X amount of pounds and all this. And I'm seeing what she was doing for the work. I wanted to her to really focus on what she, what she was giving up for it. So that's where it initially started was trying to show her that, you know, you may be looking at what the number on the scale says and you're fighting that. But in reality, if you're feeling better and the scale's not changing, what are you, what are you trying to accomplish here? So that's where I got it from is trying to prove to her that what she was doing is really working and she's feeling better. She's looking better, all that. But to go back when the scale doesn't match what you wanted to say, go back and read those sacrifices and say, this is, I'm on the right track. I don't know. I'd almost feel like it would motivate you too, like to realize like I'm sacrificing X, Y, and Z. I need to get this outcome because I am giving up. Like you Matt, like, I mean, obviously things worked out, but if you aren't realizing like, Hey, I'm sacrificing all of these dance recitals, but I'm, I'm really not putting hundred percent effort into the thing I'm trying to chase down you're just giving up the day, but you're not realizing you're giving it up. I think a lot of people, they don't think of it that way. I think that's a really powerful thing. Yeah. Because you write your goals and you say you want to, I want to make it to the Olympic games, but people forget about it. And then you, you know, your goals change and whatnot, but even if your goals do change, you still go back and you read some of those sacrifices that you made. And if you could take a little part from that previous goal and gear it towards where you're going now, it is a powerful tool. And when you see it, you do get emotional. You mm. do because when you achieve what you really want to and you read all those, you're like, it was really worth it. <laughs> That's so good. Like, what are, what are your thoughts on a quarter-life crisis? What, are your, what, what do you think that it means? What, you know, what do you think about all that? Well, I think back to my boss. She, when I was working in my previous role, she would always say that, your 20s are where you accumulate all your debt. Your 30s is where you pay it off. And your 40s is when you really start to live because you have accumulated the debt, you've paid it off, and now you're actually starting to be able to live because you have the money and the means and you're not tied down by all that 
other stuff. The, I think one thing that's super powerful about what you're currently doing is when I think of a quarter life crisis, I'm thinking about, is this what I want to be doing for the rest of my life? Like whatever I'm doing in that moment, right? That could be, you know, in my relationships, that could be in my career. And I, I wanted to ask you that question because I just had a theory that based on where you're at in your life, the fact that you, you know, you made your sacrifices, you chased what you chased, here you are now doing what you truly love. You've matched your passion, right? You have a beautiful wife, love that family, obviously. You have Thank two you. beautiful daughters, right? Like you, I don't think you're going to go through this, this part of this quarter life crisis because of X, Y, and Z you have lined up. So I just didn't know from someone who probably isn't experiencing that, like what you, your thoughts were on it. I experienced it a little younger, okay. I think. Yeah, let's dive into that. Yeah. Because I had my kids at 23. So I was forced to not do what I wanted to do. I was forced to do what I had to do because I had to put food on the table mm. and I had to make sure that my wife lives the best life. And I think back to one particular night a lot and this changed my work habits because I wasn't, I, I wouldn't say like I wasn't some big druggie or some alcoholic or anything like that, but I was heading down the wrong path when and I was only 21, 22 saying that I'm heading down the right path or the wrong path is crazy. But we sat down, she was pregnant one night and I was supposed to wrestle a, a couple weeks or a week later and I was cutting weight and we had one box of noodles and we had a tiny bit of marinara left. And we put water in the marinara and she came to the table with one plate as a pregnant woman. And she said, this is for you. You need it because your competition's coming up. So to see her sacrifice that I knew immediately that that is the woman, even though she was pregnant, right? right. I knew that I would give anything I had to make sure that she lived the best life. And from there, when I was 22, 23 years old, I knew that I was going to work not just what I wanted to do, but what I had to do for her. So my quarter life crisis really came in my early 20s because it was something that I, it just had to get done. I reached it at an earlier point in my life and the experiences that I had, luckily, when I got to my late 20s, allowed me to say, I'm done doing, with, I'm done doing what I had to do and I'm going to start doing what I, I want to do. So... As a, so when I hire people uh, at, at where I work, okay, one thing that I look for is like individual sport athletes. So people that wrestle and golf, the people that are at the highest of those highest levels, there's just a different work ethic that they have. And it's very similar to what you said, which is, you know, it's just me versus myself every single day. Really, that, that's all it comes down to, especially like, you know, in, in wrestling, at least you have an opponent, but like when you start thinking of like golf and all these other sports where you're, you're really, you're just yourself, you know, why do you think that? like the individual sport athlete isn't as popular as the team sport athlete is on like a grand scale because the people that focus on the individual sport, they just, they have another level when it comes to like entering the workforce and it's just a different kind of discipline. And I was just curious what your thoughts are on why it's not as popular. Like wrestling is not as popular as football. We can agree on that, but why isn't it? Well, it's sort of like, like life, right? When you have an easy way out or you have the, availability to place blame on somebody else that takes a lot of pressure off yourself but when you look at being an individual sport athlete you don't have anyone to blame anything on I could not work out and I'll go lose every match I, I don't have mm. the opportunity to say it was my quarterback 
right? My quarterback threw the interception. I couldn't catch the ball. There's none of that. So I think that the pressure that you have when you're in a, a single sport athlete, you learn to take blame. You don't, there's no back, no one to backfall on. It's, it is all yourself. When, if I didn't perform well, it is solely because my nutrition wasn't right. My sleep wasn't right. My habits weren't right. And when you look at team sport athletes, you have somebody else to blame. Mm. You don't have anybody else to blame in an individual sport. If I, I would take a top tier wrestler who wanted to apply for a role over a top tier team sport at any day of the week, just because it's just a different type of discipline that people have. So I mentioned in the beginning, but you are one of the trio of the uh, Kendall Brooklyn and Eric Cruz show. And it's a, oh, yeah. a, a show that you put on every single, it feels like every single day uh, with your two daughters. <laughs> and I'm just curious how the brainstorming sessions go as you're heading into these shows? Like, do you guys sit down and think about what you're going to talk about? Or is it just, we turn the camera on and we roll with it? I'd say the past maybe 15 shows, we start by, uh, we, throughout the week, we have a piece of paper on the counter. And if something crazy happens, oh, nice. we, just write, we just write it down. And then when we do come, and the thing about the show is, I never wanted it to be, forced on them so we only do them when they ask mm. so if they say oh can we do a show absolutely then we have the show notes you go ahead let's do it oh, but cool. it's never uh i love that yeah because if i force them to do it like wednesday night seven o'clock you <laughs> need to do it then they're gonna get they're gonna get burnt out not i know i'm sure you know it, oh yeah 100 just with this show i'm yeah. sure some t sundays you're like i don't want to do this yeah. i just want to relax sit by the pool yeah. That's so cool. Like, I don't know. I just, I just think it's a, I don't know. I, I think it's just a cool experience that you get to have with them too, which I don't know. A lot of people don't get to, to do certain things like that. And I think it obviously with your work and you know what you do full time, it obviously translates over to that. Like I looked at it, like you guys are on episode 67 right now, which is a lot of, a lot of episodes to have. Do you ever switch the name to the Brooklyn Kendall and Eric, or is it always the Kendall Brooklyn and Eric show? We, we fight about this every single week. <laughs> so we, uh, we changed it. What did we team trouble TV? <laughs> um, we've changed it to the O show, but it always comes back to the Kendall Brooklyn and Eric Cruz show and Brooklyn hates. That oh, Kendall's I can only, I can only, I can only imagine that's, I was, that's why I was curious. <laughs> where, where can people follow you? Like, let's talk about social media platforms. Where can we, where can we follow, follow Eric? Oh, uh, you can follow me. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram on at Eric Olanowski for I'll get, everything. I'll get that. On, I'll get that in the bottom of the screen. We'll be able to see it. Well, we appreciate having you on. Thank you so much. And uh, you know, hopefully, next time we're talking to you, you've taken over the world, and maybe you're covering like the the planetary wrestling, where it's like Earth versus Mars, and you're you're the lead caller one day down the road. <laughs> well, thank you. Hey, and uh, while we're at it, I'm having Henry Cejudo on uh, my my show uww live on wednesday so it'll be on instagram live on wednesday at 2 p.m and then you can find it on youtube twitter and facebook on thursday so if you All guys right. can check that out i appreciate it yeah we'll post the links below so you guys can follow it again thank you eric and we uh we'll be talking to you soon cheers so thank you again, Eric. Uh, man, the biggest takeaway that I had was, you know, everyone writes down their goals, but not everyone writes down the the things that they're going to sacrifice to give 
up for those goals. And so I found that super powerful. The next time I sit down to build out my week, I'm going to be writing down what I'm sacrificing as well. I just feel like it's a much better way to accomplish your goals because you know exactly what you're giving up to get there, which I found, uh, which is uh, so strong. I'm very excited that uh, he was able to come on and talk about that too. Thank you again for everyone that helped us get to 75 subscribers, uh, which was awesome. I'm glad that Eric's going to be doing a podcast with 75 subscribers instead of 60. So that was cool. Uh, But again, stay healthy, stay distanced, and uh, welcome to the Valley of the Sun.